0: The Opinion Line on Corks 96 FM Has anyone had or held or organised or been to a Tupperware party in, in, in recent times? It's just worth a worth an ask. Of. Okay, to so match matters far more serious Brendan Glynn, good morning to you Morning PJ how are you doing? Very very good very very good sir. Now there's an event coming up in June uh, we're very proud to be the Media partners of it, and we'll talk more about that in a little while. I'll go through what the details are. But take me back to January the 16th, 1994. What happened to you? You were scrumming with Mallow. What
1: happened? I was indeed, I was indeed, PJ. Yeah, I was. I played for Mallow first team uh, for a good few years, I suppose, after uh, playing in college in New City. And I played a bit in Lansdowne Rugby Club as well in Dublin while well, I was in college in Dublin. But I, I was always a, a Mallow Rugby Club man, I suppose, and I played with them from under 12s. Mm. And I took a shine to playing in the front row. I think it was the, uh, the combative element to it and yeah. the, the the challenge that, that it uh, entailed. You I was played, stuck you in the middle Hooper. between. Yeah. I was. I was a hooker number two. I had a, a good prop on either side of me. I was looking after me. And I played there from, i say, about under 14s up to, uh, I suppose, nowhere else. Only hooker, really. At the odd time, maybe a flanker or something or fullback. But hooker all the way through. had plenty of experience. I played there for many a year when I got to the age of 25. I was the first. That uh, was the hooker on the first team at Mallow Junior Team, mm. and we had a regular, normal Sunday afternoon match in Castle Island, a league game, on a, on a January sixteen ninety four, uh, we hit it back and togged out. and Went on, played the first half. Everyth- everything was fine. Second half, but midway through the second half, the scrum just didn't go right for us. The we when we engaged in the scrum, we just weren't uh, level enough for. For fitting in together, I suppose it's almost like anybody who watches
0: like, rugby. I've often, you know, watched it and remember talking to the great Keith Wood about that that moment where they they go together. It's it's an yes, enormous. It's like two trucks crashing. And what yes, happened, exactly. you know, it was a bit offline, isn't that what happened?
1: Yeah, just my head just was uh, the shoulder of the opposite hooker just caught the top of my head. So instead of my head going under his shoulder, which was the normal thing for the other thousand scrums I had been in, my head just got caught between going up above his shoulder and going below his shoulder. So I suppose my my head then was protruding a little bit more than everybody else's. So my head banged and went down into my chest. And that just was instantly, uh, instant paralysis of the neck.
0: How quickly did you know something was terribly wrong, Brendan? Was there pain? Uh,
1: there was. There was. Well, sometimes with these things, the pain is kind of gets to a level and you don't feel it then. You know, it can be really bad. So, yeah, instant, instant uh, injury um just so my I, I imagine what happened was my body kind of i suppose winced and just curled up because the, the life went out of my body really from the neck down so i just my arms probably just went limp and my body went limp and they list the players knew straight away i probably i probably made a noise or a shriek or something a roar, and they just let me down on the ground uh, it was a cold january as you can imagine an afternoon it was raining I was immediately attended to, everyone was in shock and in disarray, the game was stopped and obviously uh, everyone was around me, there was I was lucky that the scrum half on the other team, this Castle Island team was a GP so he ran to the to his car and got his bag, I think he had, had done some training on spinal injuries maybe about a month before that. Hmm. Which like, gave him a, a lot of uh, good information, I suppose, and good knowledge as to what to do. Sorry,
0: sorry the, to cut across um, you, Brendan. I'm just trying to clarify this this moment. Was it all gone in that split second?
1: Yeah, that was it. Finished. There was the, nothing that was at the end of nothing. Of moved. Power from, from the show. No, no, gone.
0: My completely. God, I hear
1: some story. Some people might have had tingling and all sorts of things, but I was just completely paralysed from the. My gone. God, almost. That's, That's like switching your body happens, off, Brendan. Yeah, and what happens of course in the middle of a game is you're in full pent, uh, you know, your heart rate is up and you're sweating and you're in the middle, exerted fully and suddenly your lungs then are probably down to about 20%, 30%. So you're almost droning and trying to get air. Um, so they're trying to calm me down, everyone's in a panic. I think they administered morphine or something to me, you know, or some sort of a, some sort of a sedative to to to, to relax the body, and I was wrapped up uh, with. With uh, all sorts of coats and, and everything to try and keep me warm, but at the same time they were afraid to move me because, you know that that has uh, implications as well. Sure, uh, so sure. And had you had things. you
0: sensation? Like, could you feel the cold? Could you feel the damp? Could you had you any? Had you lost contact with your body? What was it like?
1: Uh, that that, you, that probably is a good way of explaining it. No, I wouldn't have felt cold or anything. I was in shock. What happens? I think initially is you go into some sort of spinal shock your whole body is just after being shut down just like a switch so i was left on the pitch for about an hour and a half and they made a they made a call to somebody made emergency calls and it resulted in the sikorsky helicopter coming from shannon and flying down to castle island onto the main street because the the pitch is on the main street and at that stage it was dark so all the players and all the people that were at the match turned on their lights on the cars so that they all shone straight the way they were parked they were all shining onto the the pitch so the the helicopter could um, could figure over to pa- her to land so he landed on the halfway line or somewhere like that and and I was put on a stretcher and I was airlifted to the matter and, and how aware
0: were you of what was going on and more importantly how aware were you of the damage that had been done
1: i suppose i was I was fairly, well, obviously you don't know how bad the damage is, but I was, I knew something was extremely serious and that I wasn't right, that this was serious. And my sister was a, is a physio and she had worked in the rehab in Nunleary where I ended up three days later, whatever, three, four days later. So I kind of knew, I suppose, from her stories from growing up that, uh, you know, the, the injuries that can happen in, in life, in sport or in going in the car or going anywhere else, you know. Uh, I suppose I was quite aware of that, and playing in the front row, you'd have had a few close calls, maybe or a few, a few, uh, you know, a few injuries or that type of thing. But I was very lucky in my playing career that I didn't really have much uh, uh, major injury at all. Yeah. I was, I, I was lucky, no concussions or anything like that, you know. Yeah. But I was very, I suppose I was, I was with it until getting into the helicopter. And I think they probably sedated me or something. Yeah. And I was wow. just kept kind of a camp state. I remember the helicopter taking off, and that was all I remember. And then I woke up, I think I might have woken up when I was in the matter before they operated. So I was operated on that night and there was some sort of fusion put in my neck, you know, kind of a sort of piano wire type stuff just to, to, to join it all up or fix it up. I basically had, a, I had a, a cervical injury at level C, I think it was five and six. Right. Um, and that's uh, so what the middle of my neck, just above the little bump in and the, and the yep. you know, that little bone on oh, the back of the neck. I, the I do that, indeed.
0: Yeah. I have arthritis there, yeah. Brendan, so I know exactly <laughs> what a
1: little bump is. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Just above that, that's where my injury was. Basically, it was like, Snap. I suppose the spine is a bit, like, bo- bit mm-hmm. like boxes piled on top of each other, and they're all supposed to be in a line. And if one of the boxes gets a bang to one side, the wire that's going up between them, the, the spine, or the spinal cord it's a bit uh, twisted in that so it's a bit like I've seen the MRI scan it's a bit kind of like baling twine that's been a bit kind of frayed of a stone or something like that some of the wires are kind of bent back mm-hmm. and some are still intact so I was three days in the matter I was after, and I was on traction as well trying to kind of pull the, the neck apart to make it uh, align but that didn't really work so then I was um, ambulanced over to the rehab in Deliria I was there for nine months and at what like, stage you know, did they tell you, Brendan? That's it. There's no going back here. Um, I suppose that's something that you come to realise yourself, and they kind of they kind of let you do that, and then they also, um, I suppose, slowly break it over the next few weeks or whatever. You see around you as well that the um, I suppose the implications of the injury for people in the beds next to you or and the wars next to you. You get chatting to your peers, your new peers your spinal injury peers yeah. and you come to the slow realisation that, that that's the way it's going to be and it's kind of left your own brain I suppose or with the help and support of family and mm-hmm. staff mm-hmm. and the hospital mm-hmm. you deserve to, 20, from what, to 20. 27, 27
0: Seven or twenty-eight years ago now.
1: So uh, this twenty-nine, yeah, twenty-nine years. Yeah, going on thirteen next year. Yeah.
0: This is an awful clumsy question, but I know, I know people will want me to ask it. So, what can you do now?
1: Yeah, what I can do now uh, over the years, I suppose you you develop necks and tricks and that type of thing. Uh, What I can do, I can work full time. I I have a full time job with Park ETB, Park Education Training Board. I'm an adult education coordinator with them in Mallow, in the center here in Mallow, uh, which is very rewarding and fulfilling for for me in that it's a a job I can do uh, because it just involves, yeah, I, as I said they pay me from the neck up <laughs> just using the head. there's nothing wrong with it nothing wrong with from that up luckily um, I was very lucky I had an education I did I have a degree in science so that meant that I was able to get involved in this type of work mm-hmm. uh, from um from a, I suppose, a physical and normal day-to-day point of view, I, I can't dress, we'll say, or I can't undress. I, I can wash my teeth and wash my face and I can read and I can answer the phone and text and, and uh, use a computer to, you know, to a, good, a good level. Okay, can, can you, can you use on, your fingers? I no? Uh, no, my fingers are completely paralyzed. I can just, okay. one of them, one or two, just kind of give a little wiggle. Okay. But I can use my wrist, which is a very important thing. Some guys' wrists don't come back with okay. strength, you know. Like when it happened to me first I couldn't even move my shoulders, but then after a while after a few weeks, they it just just like thawing out. Mm-hmm. My arms started coming back. But I can move my arms uh, um but not normally, if you know what I mean. I, I can use my um Okay. I suppose I'm restricted. I can't, I can't, uh, I don't have fine movement in my fingers, but I can still hold things. And I can, I'm holding the phone now, or I can hold, um, I can hold a book, or I could, I can use a mouse. Uh, I can do certain things, but it's kind of trick movement. Okay. Um, I can hold a pint. I can hold a pint against, which is great.
0: <laughs>
2: now there's the t- It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves
0: That stamps.com code program. Hey, you were at you were at a rugby match nine weeks later.
1: I was, I was, <laughs> I was at the Five Nations of Scotland game. <laughs> I was. I, they brought me about five, I had about five uh, staff with me from the rehab, and it was in my head. They were great for giving you goals and saying, "Look, we'll be, if there's anything you'd like to do or aim for, we, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll assist it." So I was just saying, "I'd love to get to the Scottish game in, in, uh, in March," and I had my injury in, in January, so <laughs> it didn't give me much. it. two months later, uh, they I must was, have been uh, looking at you going, there.
0: "This fellow completely mad."
1: Mad yeah, I remember <laughs> coming back from it. I bought but a few pints at it. my wife Deirdre was at it, or my girlfriend at the time. And uh, I remember being completely exhausted when I came home. I was back to the hotel, or back to the sorry the hospital, back to the hospital. I was absolutely worn out from the fresh air, but everything was my first time out. And when you're in hospital, you know, like that, and then. Trying to face face the music, face the public, face everything. It's weird though going out first, PJ, because everyone's looking at you, and of course you you don't know what they're looking at. But um, you're different. You see, normally you're you you just blend in because you're normal, and then suddenly you're not normal. You're in a wheelchair, and at that stage, I was in a kind of a high back wheelchair, a very uh, very kind of high end wheelchair to to keep myself straight and everything like that. So I was looking. I, I just imagine what I looked like. Covered in rugs and everything. But uh yeah, that that's a big thing is that's having crazy. to realise that you don't look the same. Your perception of yourself has changed and also people's perception of you has changed yes. and that's a big yes. that's a big thing to come to terms with. But there's a lot I can do. I mean I uh when I happened I was engaged, I got married the year after. Which was uh um, you know, these were big steps in, in my life, I suppose. And just get on with it. Um
0: You have children.
1: And I suppose I do indeed, and which is fantastic. I, my first uh, daughter was born in, in um, January two thousand, and my second Grace then was uh, the, the two thousand two, in October two thousand two. So they're fantastic. Um, fantastic part of my life and my wife as well of course Deirdre she was going up with me when it happened and uh, she wasn't even at the match she wouldn't have major interest in rugby at all so she'd heard uh, back at home in Mallow that I'd had my injury that time there was no no mobile phones or anything so the word was a, a, you know the world was a bit different that time mm-hmm. so the word spread back uh, to Mallow that I was after having the injury and yeah. it was a huge shock to my to my parents mm-hmm. and to my brothers and my sister and brothers and and the rest of us here but the rugby club are fantastic they really really came to the
0: rugby club and the irfu charitable trust i want to talk a bit about that because that's where they've been your support since then i want to take a quick commercial break if you wouldn't mind brendan and we'll talk then about the charitable trust and and the support that you got it's a fascinating story story of brendan glenn paralyzed from the neck down in a split second when a rugby scrum went wrong it's every it's every parent's nightmare not just for rugby but for any sport your sons and daughters go out onto particularly a particular rugby pitch and ooh. we'll talk more to brendan in just a second so brendan glenn has been a beneficiary of the irish the irish the the I- IR. I often struggle with this IRFU, Charitable Trust, since since the 90s. And I'll go back to it in just a second with him. But the reason that he's talking to me today is we are very proud here at Course 96 FM to be media partner for their inaugural Monster Golf outing, which is on Friday, June 23rd at FOTA. A timesheet from half past 12 on the championship course. It's 800 euro per four ball. Um, whole package involved for the day. But that's taking, you can book your team in now and all of that. I'll give you details of that in a little while. But Brendan, they came into your life in, in, in 1996, I think it was. Now, one would have thought that the IRFU Charitable Trust was for the big time internationals. So you were a club player. They came into your life how?
1: Yes, I suppose nearly every rugby injury in Ireland, uh, that's the whole of Ireland, north and south, um, because obviously rugby is a 32-county thing. uh, There's about 32 rugby injuries in Ireland at present, and none of them would have been professional, as far as I know. So the vast majority of matches that go on at any time, as people know, with the kids and everything, are just ordinary amateur uh, games, just normal people playing in the the family of rugby, the rugby family, and the professional game is just the the tip of the iceberg, really. You're talking about only maybe 100 players or whatever, 150, but the rest of the thousands of players are just amateurs, women and men, and uh, unfortunately, with all the different collisions and everything that happened, Uh, happen through those people's careers and playing that some things happen and uh, the result is there's about 32 of us in the country at the moment PJ that are injured. So they hire a few charitable trusts, do fantastic support of those people whether it be maybe building an extension onto somebody's house to enable them to have a a normal sort of a house, a bit like what Baz does there in that program yeah just have a normal sort of a situation make things independent for people maybe to organize personal assistance support maybe uh, financially to have people minding them uh, caring for them uh, sometimes 24 7 because there's there's worse injuries than me there are people that might be in bed and only get out of bed only a few hours in the day whereas I'm I'm, uh, I suppose a normal get up in the morning early and go to bed at normal time but some people aren't in that situation so they would need extra support a lot of people can't work so they wouldn't have the same financial um i suppose benefits that i would have And my wife works as well so that has that means that i'm you know some way normal and paying tax the same as everybody else but some people are not able to work one hour at all they can't work at all um they just they're just not in that maybe not trained to work whatever so the, it has huge implications you could imagine with mental health as well yes. and physical Physical health, um, you know, hospital appointments, all that sort of thing. So between them buying equipment, maybe hoists and vans, like personally, they bought me a wheel, wheelchair van. I always have a wheelchair van purchase from them, which oh. is fantastic. It meets my needs. And uh, I'm in the process maybe of looking at replacing the van. I have a can, a you, can you drive, and, Brendan? You know, I can't drive myself, PJ. No, I, I tried it, but because I have a lot of spasm. Because I suppose one one good thing about having an incomplete injury, which means your spinal cord isn't completely damaged, is that you have sensation and feeling in some parts of the body below your your, your paralysis. But the downside of that is that you end up with more um, spasm because the body is half getting messages so i get an awful lot of spasm in my legs and hands yeah. not that they're jumping around but it's pain? kind of it's kind of like a tightness no like a tightness that's going through you it's almost like you it's like uh, you can't really move as the way you want to you know with your hands and things it causes a lot of clenching of yeah. your yeah. of your muscles so that would that would mean that um when it comes to driving and stuff, uh, I'd be fearful that I could kind of have a, sort of a, a spasm moment while I'd be driving, and it would just curtail my my steering and things like that. And it just and also you don't have the same uh, strength in your top of your body because you're paralysed. You don't your your trunk, your from the waist up, just yes. doesn't have any uh, balance. So you. if I yeah. if I grate or anything, I'd fall forward. I see. and that type It'd of thing. Helpless, so it wouldn't yeah. yeah. make you know? easy. Yeah. But they bought so you the a they continue to... Yes, the part of the them. van, they do, which is fantastic. And I have people then, all my personal assistants or anyone who's working with me or my family, they can all drive its open insurance in the van. So that's fantastic. It's got a automatic um, rear entry for me and I can control that from a, from a remote control. So that's wow. fantastic. But, uh, but uh, it, it has enabled me to, to go to work and to, to go on holidays and to go, go, you know, go away for the day or do whatever, go to matches. It's fantastic. And so the, the van is, is, my, is my, you know, is my transport and also a chair. I've I a, a power chair as well, which is fantastic. It's um, amazing. That makes, in, in, so much in fairness.
0: And, and all that is paid for by the RFU, charitable trust, and that is why we're talking today, Brendan, because of the event, and I'll give the details again. But just come back to the injury for a second. I was amazed to read that even though your injury, and this is one rugby fan to another now, you know, even though the injury happened in the way it did, and I remember talking when he retired, I remember doing an interview with Woody, and, you he said, i got to get out of here before I do, I do serious harm to my neck. Like, the a scrum is such a dangerous thing. It's that moment, like two trucks crashing. But you have no time for the uncontested scrum.
1: No, I, I don't really, because I mean, then it's not a contest, really, PJ. Uh, I remember there was a talk there about ten years ago about that, and I wrote to the Irish Times, and it was the letter was published, just to, just basically uh, saying that. I feel that an uncontested scrum isn't really a scrum. I mean, that's like boxing, boxing with, uh, without hitting somebody hard or something. It's not really, it's not the same thing. Or to be like driving Formula One cars at forty miles an hour, and
0: <laughs> instead
1: of the speed they go, you just you you can't take you can't take contest out of a contest. So mm. the scrum is, is part of that, and uh, and I suppose the way to to mitigate against having injuries the way we would have had in the amateur days is to is to uh, have better refereeing and yes. coaching and that type of thing and having more training yes so i think that's when this is where all now the pause
0: crouch engage exactly. the set that's yes. where it all comes from that's why that's, all all that that, that's why that take and people look at their why does it take so long
1: because yeah because it's got to be right because yeah, we didn't have that yeah, because we didn't have that in the 90s and it was literally, go together there lads or something, sure. or you know, the ref might say. There wasn't the same level of your back. Your back wasn't level, you were a bit crouched, yeah. but kind of a bit like a banana two bananas going together instead of two sticks going together you know that way. so you're kind of crouched trying to get into the scrum whereas now it's all very you're really down low your your hips are down low your it's back is straight reason. your neck is going straight so it makes it a lot more it's, it's safe all, you know?
0: It's all for safety Brendan I wish you well it's been a fascinating conversation I could stay talking to you all day but they're telling me here I have to move on to other things I really do thank no you for, for being with me uh, Brendan Glynn a beneficiary of the IRFU charitable trust since 1996 you're to help out people like Brendan, and you're a mug, uh, rugby fan and a bit of a golfer, get a team together and the Munster Golf Outing at Foto Island Golf Club, Friday 23rd of June 2023, time sheet open now from 12.30, if you want to find more details, irfucharitabletrust.com. irfuchariciabletrust.com courts
1: 96FM